The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the American Beverage Association. Coke, Dr. Pepper, and Pepsi are offering more choices, smaller portions, less sugar. Learn more at balanceus.org. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, June 3rd. In today's news, authorities are still trying to understand the motive of the Virginia Beach shooter. President Trump's top economist steps down as the administration mulls tariffs against Australia? And Democrats who rejected big money earlier this year changed their tune. But first, the big idea. Trump arrived in London early this morning, and the drama flared up quickly as the president tweeted attacks at the mayor of the host city. The president's state visit to Britain this week, the first of his presidency, is missing some of the traditional trappings of past UK trips by American leaders. There will be an official greeting ceremony at Buckingham Palace later today, a lavish banquet with the Queen's best china, a gun salute fired from Green Park and the Tower of London. It will all be suitably over the top. But British officials are clearly less than enthusiastic, even as they talk up the importance of the special relationship between our two countries. Some of the traditional trappings, such as staying the night at Buckingham Palace, a royal welcome at the Horse Guards Parade, and a gold carriage procession down the mall, are notably absent. House of Commons Speaker John Bercow said Trump would not be welcome to address lawmakers at the Palace of Westminster, as other presidents have done. And then London Mayor Sadiq Khan wrote in an op-ed for today's Observer, quote, It is un-British to be rolling out the red carpet for Trump, even as much as they are. He wrote, quote, This is a man who tried to exploit Londoners' fear following a horrific terrorist attack on our city, amplified the tweets of a British far-right racist group, denounced as fake news robust scientific evidence warning of the dangers of climate change, and is now trying to interfere shamelessly in the Conservative Party leadership race by backing Boris Johnson because he believes it would enable him to gain an ally in number 10 Downing Street, for his divisive agenda. Khan added that Trump's behavior flies in the face of the ideals America was founded on, ironically, equality, liberty, and religious freedom. Trump clearly saw the op-ed or heard about it on TV, and he tweeted as Air Force One began its descent that Khan is a total loser and has done a terrible job as mayor. Trump wrote, quote, he is a stone-cold loser who should focus on crime in London, not me. The president said the mayor reminds him very much of the quote, very dumb and incompetent mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, who has also done a terrible job. Then he added that Khan is only half of de Blasio's height. Traditional diplomacy? This is not. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, authorities say that Dwayne Craddock quit his job as a city employee in Virginia Beach just hours before killing a dozen people at a municipal building on Friday afternoon. Some killers leave behind manifestos, YouTube videos, or social media profiles that display a mind moving inexorably toward violence. What Craddock left behind was a resignation letter and a work history that gave no hint of his intentions. Officials wouldn't discuss what Craddock wrote in his resignation, but a person familiar with the email said it was short and there was nothing out of the ordinary. The victims were mostly fellow government employees and a contractor trying to get a permit. Survivors say that Craddock entered the city building at around 4 p.m. 
and started firing a 45 caliber semi-automatic handgun with a silencer attached. Craddock's neighbors and co-workers said they saw no warning signs. He was a seasoned engineer, a military veteran with a shaved head and a bodybuilder's physique. One co-worker recounted that he had an all-business but not off-putting demeanor. Several neighbors told our reporters that he had a reserved but not peculiar presence. Virginia Beach has always been just a sandy sliver of itself in the minds of most Americans, even most Virginians. But there's a whole city, the state's largest city, beyond the ocean waves, the boardwalk, and the hotel towers. Virginia Beach is the place where Navy SEALs train, in a region with 75 federal and defense installations and more than 86,000 active duty military personnel. The city wants to be known for the delicious strawberries it grows and the SEALs, not this shooting. Number two, Trump's top economist, Kevin Hassett, is leaving the White House. The 57-year-old has served as chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors since September 2017. He's leaving as Trump confronts an increasingly hostile trade war on two fronts, against Mexico and China. Historically, Hassett has been an advocate of free and open trade policies, although in recent months he's been put in the position of defending Trump's confrontational approach. The latest indication of that confrontational approach? The New York Times reports that Trump has been seriously considering imposing big tariffs on Australian imports, but that he backed down late last week after strong pushback from the Pentagon and Foggy Bottom. Trump's protectionist trade advisors urged the tariffs as a response to a surge of Australian aluminum that's been flowing onto the American market over the past year. But officials at the Defense and State Department said this would alienate a top ally and not be worth whatever gains there might be. Trump agreed to not take any action, at least temporarily. Meanwhile, China and Mexico are both signaling an eagerness to get back to the negotiating table with the U.S. Mexico has rushed a delegation to Washington to discuss immigration issues, and China put out a communique criticizing America but saying they want the talks to start again. On the Sunday shows, Trump's surrogates struggled to defend the president's threats to impose massive new tariffs on Mexican imports in the face of criticism from the business community and Senate Republicans. The administration wants Mexico to crack down on illicit businesses that profit from transporting migrants through the country on their trip north, allows more migrants to seek asylum in Mexico instead of the United States, and to stop migrants from entering Mexico from Central America in the first place. But Trump folks have not been specific about what kinds of thresholds they might set for Mexico to show they're taking action to get Trump to back off his tariff threats. Number three, strapped for cash. Several Democratic presidential hopefuls who talked a big game about rejecting big money early in the year are now going hat in hand to Wall Street, Hollywood, and Silicon Valley. Recently in Manhattan, Beto O'Rourke held a private reception for supporters who had paid the maximum amount to his campaign or brought in as much as $25,000 by persuading others to do the same. It was the first such fundraiser of O'Rourke's presidential campaign, and it was quite a contrast from the early days after his announcement when he emphasized that he had no large dollar fundraisers planned and got cheers in his stump speech for saying that he didn't plan to hold any. Many of the candidates previously had held a handful of high dollar fundraisers or avoided them altogether. But after a disappointing fundraising haul in the first quarter of the year, and as the primaries drag on with no clear frontrunner, they're turning their focus now to wealthy donors. Several candidates held high dollar fundraisers in the Bay Area this weekend, when they were already in San Francisco to speak at the California Democratic Party convention, including Pete Buttigieg, Kirsten Gillibrand, and Amy Klobuchar. Cory Booker, 
as well as Gillibrand and Klobuchar, also recently schmoozed with the Hillblazers. Those were bundlers who raised at least $100,000 for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign at a gathering in the D.C. home of Esther Coopersmith. On Wall Street, a group of Democratic donors recently met with Judge, And in New York, a group of wealthy, prominent Democratic donors have opened their homes and offices to host private salons with O'Rourke, Judge, Klobuchar, Booker, and Michael Bennett. Many of these donors have made maximum donations to multiple candidates. One of those donors is Robert Wolf. He's a former investment banker and was a big Barack Obama supporter. He said he's met with about a dozen candidates, including a recent one-on-one with O'Rourke. He's cut checks to 10 of the 23 presidential contenders. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, June 3rd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.